It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, which is judiciously seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my friend, my co-host, my attorney, who should be your attorney, in my opinion, after 10 years of knowing him, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Happy August. How are, are you doing well this, this fine summer, would you say? I'd say that I am mighty, wilting under the sun. Wilting under the sun. You usually say mighty adequate, so I'm glad you didn't say that this time. What does mighty adequate mean again? Uh, it means supremely adequate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. That's a non-answer answer, so that's fine. Uh, but the good thing about this program is Michael really does give superb answers that are tailored for your situation, especially being a Texas attorney, which is where this program originates. And we're grateful for all of that free education that Michael's been presenting to us over the last 10 years right here on KWAM. Recently, Michael, in the spring of 23, the IRS came out with a new ruling on irrevocable trust, not revocable, irrevocable trusts. And you want to address that today. Yeah, I mean, this is going to get a little bit technical, but you know, most people, when they think of trust, they think of a revocable trust. A revocable trust is something you could always revoke or amend. Typically, people do that to avoid probate or they want privacy or if they have property in more than one state, uh, if they think there's going to be a will contest. There's many reasons why a lot of people do revocable trust. Mm -hmm. But there's also lots of reasons for doing irrevocable trust. And there's different ways of doing irrevocable trust. So the attorney uh, looks to see what the goals of the client are. So quite frankly, you put different language in the trust as to whatever your goals might be. So uh, for the IRS purposes, a lot of times, who's in control makes a difference. Mm. So you could design a trust where, um, well, if it's a typical revocable trust, where the trust is the one that's taxed, um, and it's a considered a com- could be considered a completed gift. Interesting. But sometimes you could design the, the irrevocable trust where the grantor, the one who sets up the trust, is taxed on the income, but it is considered a completed gift. Hmm. And sometimes you could set up the trust where the grantor, even though it's an irrevocable trust, is taxed on the income as well as being part of their estate. Because remember, if you have a gift, it's no longer a part of your estate if it's a completed gift. Sometimes people do irrevocable trust for life insurance if they have a larger estate, so it's outside the estate. And then they want to be have different things so that it would be 
who would be taxed um, to give some present interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this gets into gift tax issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's lots of this is going to get a little bit on the uh, complicated side, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try to say it as simply as I can. Great. I'm excited about this because this applies to my estate, too. You've helped me out significantly yeah. with, with Sarah. Well, so this is an irrevocable trust. So what happened is, uh, first of all, if I make a completed gift, uh, let's say I give to an irrevocable trust where I have no more elements of control over the gift. It's considered a completed gift. The donee takes the basis of the donor. Let's forget trust for a second okay. altogether. If I had uh, bought Google stock at fifty with for $50,000 and I gave it to Don Crawford Jr. and Don uh, it's now worth $200,000. Before I give to a kid, I gave that stock. When that beneficiary gets sells the stock, they would have to pay capital gains tax on the appreciation. But there's a real valuable thing under the law that if you retain control, then if you have elements of control, or let's say you just didn't give it away, but you gave it to somebody at death. If I said, I give to Don Crawford, I bought the stock for 50000 and he gets it at two hundred, and now it's 200000 the date of my death. There's a recalculation of what's called the basis or a step up in basis. It's extremely important for many people. Um, most of my clients do not have taxable estates. The estate tax, well, at least in Texas. Um, some states have estate, estate taxes. Texas does not. We're more tax-friendly, as mm-hmm. many know. So the estate tax limit, the federal estate tax limit right now is 12920000 So most people do not have a taxable estate. So you would want, um, if I had an appreciated asset, a lot of times if you have lower than that, then, which most people do, the great majority do, then if I don't give it to my kid, let's say, or to Don, you know, in your case, Don Crawford Jr. in the example, if I hold it till my death and then it goes to Don Crawford Jr. or to my kids, they don't have to pay capital gains tax on that appreciation. It's So if I give to you, it's called carryover basis. But if you give to you at death, you get a step-up in base, a recalculation. This is very important. But uh, well-to-do people, uh, a lot of times, uh, have a different type of irrevocable trust where they want to be taxed on the income. Why? Because the often the income tax rate could be lesser for the individual than it would be for um, the trust. Trust on income that exceeds roughly 22,000 is taxed at a 37% tax rate. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so um, so if I have uh, elements of control, so there's different sections on the Internal Revenue Code and the Estates Code. And so there's this 671 to 679 on income taxes and like 2035 to 2039 on estate taxes. So how, so then you look to see if we put some of those language in that are in those various sections uh, into to whatever your goal is. Who do I want taxed? Do I want the grantor, the one who sets up the trust? Do I want the trust? Do I, and is it going to be on a state or income? Do I want the beneficiary? Who has control? Who has control uh, over the assets generally or the income? So, for example, on an income, let's say we just wanted uh, to be taxed on the income. Well, if I get entitled to the income, 
or I have a power of substitution is the most common thing. Hmm. So if I have a power to swap assets, then I could be taxed to the one who sets up the tax at the income tax rate of the grantor, the one who sets up the trust. So this is what um, the IRS has said uh, with this revenue ruling, unless you have it done correctly, it's considered a completed gift. So the person's taxed on the, if it's, if depending on the way they set up the trust, if they, uh, if it's in their, uh, let's say we have this power of substitution, uh, then and they may be taxed on the income, but it's a completed gift. So if it's a completed gift, what the revenue ruling said, is that there's no step up in basis because it's already been a gift. Gotcha. So now if you had something highly appreciated, then you lose that step up. But what can you do? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to also, so that's what the the basis of this internal revenue ruling is, that's completed gift so you don't get the step up. Now, I should tell you a lot of estate planning experts uh, disagree with the revenue ruling, and it could go to appeal. They're saying that you should get the step up for various reasons and getting way too technical for this. So there's different uh, ways that you set up these trusts. So a lot of times um, we do things uh, differently for people who don't have that large of an estate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, for example, in the Medicaid world, you say, why Medicaid? Um, For Medicaid, um, we want – for Medicaid, it's means-tested. Why uh, a lot of clients are elderly and they don't, do not have long-term care insurance. And, of course, the majority of people do not have estates that are taxable. Uh, their estates are less than twelve million nine twenty. So if you have too much assets, then some people want to make a transfer to an irrevocable trust subject to a five-year look-back period. So Medicaid says, if, I make, if you make a transfer, an irrevocable transfer, within five years, we think you did it on purpose because you reduced your assets so we would have to pay. It's an anti-fraud provision. Makes sense? When I, as I tell people, I'm an elder, elder law attorney. When I first started uh, practicing in elder law, it was a two-year look-back period. And then it went to 30 months. And then it went to three years on uh, gifts and five years on trust. Then it went to five years. And then uh, there was actually a pro- proposal in the prior administration to make it a 10-year look-back period. In other words, we feel like that people are planning, which they are, just like anything, tax whether it's tax law or Medicaid, it's all to me, the same type of thing. It's whatever the law provides that you do for whatever goals of the client may be. So what the IRS was saying on the situation before, if you have a completed gift, you can't get a step up. Okay, that's understandable, but there's ways around that too if you just go within their laws. All right, so summary for Medicaid, uh, you could retain elements of control. So instead of having that uh, substitution power, uh, maybe you had uh, a right to buy insurance for income tax, life insurance, or for estate, for having the control so it's part of your estate, you have this, retain this power, a power to change who your beneficiaries may be or how much they get. Mm-hmm. This is called a power of appointment. 
it's not the, I hate to call you what the term of the type of trust that the IRS was kind of attacking, mm. was what's called an intentionally defective grantor trust. Mm. Yeah. So you okay. purposely did made it defective so you could be taxed this way. Um, so here it's, but this one is a little bit more. So if I say I could have the ability to change who my beneficiaries are, except to myself, oh, if I said I could give it back to myself or to my creditors, then the, then Medicaid says, well, if you get it back to yourself, it's still your asset. Right. So for Medicaid purposes, we a lot of times do this irrevocable grantor trust where the grantor retains elements of control. That's not what the IRS is attacking. Now, Medicaid in various states has different things because they look at different elements of control. So in some states, by the way, uh, you cannot be a trustee. In fact, the majority of states, although in Texas you can. So now we got the federal tax laws we have to consider mm-hmm. as well as Texas laws. So now that's where this gets complicated. Very. <clears throat> so what you do for in the Medicaid world is you combine tax federal tax law uh, with Medicaid's laws here that w- what we do here in Texas. So uh, in some states, if you're, I know I had somebody in the state of Washington that they would not, uh, talking with the attorney there, they say it's got to be completely irrevocable. It has to be just kind of like uh, that there's no elements of control. So you can't be the trustee. You can't have the right to change beneficiaries. In Texas, we could do things differently. So in, our, in Texas, when we do this asset protection trust uh, that has immediate protection from lawsuits, assuming that you haven't been sued or threatened to be sued, so it's no five-year look-back period on that, um, you have this, uh, you design the trust where you have some control, but not all control. Some things I can't change and some things I can. Mm-hmm. And so we'd make it tax neutral for Medicaid, uh, yet uh, it's um, uh, still considered yours for income tax purposes and estate tax purposes. So you get that valuable step up in basis. The appreciated assets will be to the value as the date of death. And if you're married, you may get a step up on even the second one to die. Nice. Yeah. So remember, now, there are some issues that what you have to put in the trust, and every trust is different. So then you look at the goals of the client. By the way, how can you get around that new revenue ruling if they don't change it? Well, I told you there was um, the right to power to substitute. So if you have a power to substitute, well, I guess it depends on what your goal is. Do I want to give the appreciated asset to get it outside of my estate because I had a large tax? Did I want to do that? Uh, so um, so now the beneficiary may, may never sell whatever that asset may be, and so I just want to get out of the estate. If so, okay, you put the appreciated asset in the trust. Now let's say you put the appreciated asset in the trust thinking there was going to be a step up but you thought, um, oh, gee, now I want to get the step up because um, uh, of this ruling I'm concerned. Well, if I have a power to swap, let's say I had this appreciated asset. We put an asset that we swap it with something that's not appreciable. So let's say I had a promissory note or cash or something like that. So I swapped the stock or appreciated real estate give it back to my, swap it back to myself. Now, let's say I didn't have enough money. If I didn't have enough money to pay the loan, 
Oh, so you borrow against the appreciated assets, and then when you die, then you pay the uh, you know pay back the mm-hmm. loan. So now you've got. So even with this revenue ruling, you could if you do it right. You and if you're concerned now, some people say, "Well, I'll take my chances and do this or that," and that'll be up to the individual. Uh, so uh, even if this revenue ruling is the final ruling, because it's not exactly law, it could be appealed and probably will be. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people who test this. It's been going on for a long time. So there was a lot of people who assumed it'd be one way, and now they see that it may be a different way. And so there's this difference. Now, I always thought that if you had a completed gift, it's a completed gift, and you just take the basis the don't are. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of whether it's a completed gift or not. Sometimes people want to get things out of their state by doing different things, um, getting onto a different type of irrevocable trust. Uh, There's sometimes an irrevocable life insurance trust. So let's say you wanted to have enough life insurance to pay the estate taxes if you had a large estate. Mm -hmm. So so you give this life insurance to uh, the trust. Mm Now you have to live for three years mm-hmm. uh, for to under the rules, okay. uh, but uh, and then you give enough money basically to pay the premium, okay. and then there is a thing called oh my goodness it called a crummy power. Mm-hmm. Why is that? A crummy power is not like it's a crummy power. <laughs> it's the name of the IRS commissioner I think I believe at the time, uh, and so uh, the crummy power is the ability of the beneficiary let's say, for a period of time uh, to get funds. Uh, that makes it a pre- what's called a present interest gift, a present interest. It's not a completed... It makes it a completed... Um, you see, it's opposed to a future interest mm-hmm. uh, so that if people... Now, remember, for gift tax purposes, I told you this is a little bit more technical. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, you know, if I have... Uh, let's say I don't want to file a gift tax return. And under for gift taxes, um, if you give away more than $17,000 a year, you use up part of what you could give at life, and you have a duty to report to the IRS. Remember, the we talked about on the Norman Rockwell show that technically uh, the one where there was a gift to the uh, uh, FDR's uh, secretary mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I said, why, if there was a gift to a, one of his children, why wasn't there a gift tax return filed? Because right. the Norman Rockwell etchings were v- more valuable than the uh, annual exclusion at that time. Same idea. So technically, the one who makes the gift, not the one who receives the gift, is responsible for basically making a filing a gift tax return. Well, anyway, let's say you didn't want to use up that exemption. So if I give, let's say, 17000 for, let's say, for each kid, and there maybe there's two, you know, and there's two spouses, a husband, wife, you can give a lot without using the annual exclusion. So if you have a present interest, then you won't have to use up the exclusion. So this is a different type of irrevocable trust. Mm-hmm. So there's, oh, my goodness, there's so many different types of trust. Some are based on... Um, uh, a certain period of time, like charitable remainder trust or a qualified personal residence trust. Mm-hmm. Oh, my head is spinning. <laughs> is that right? So there's lots of different trusts, but this particular trust um, was designed to see to address the issue, uh, which causes a lot of estate planning attorneys uh, to say, "What do I do?" Well, I think you, you know, I think you just go within the rules. It's not a problem. You just go by within the rules, just like on anything. Right. So the um, 
here uh, what they're addressing is whether there'll be a, uh, if it's a completed gift, mm -hmm. if it's a completed gift, uh, will there be a, uh, uh, there'll be a loss of the step up in basis because it's just like <clears> if <throat> I gave you that Google stock, you would take my basis and then when you sold the stock, then uh, you would have to pay the capital gains tax. Or if I had kept it, either by having it, let's say just forgetting any irrevocable trust at all, whether a revocable trust or I had total control right now and just had a, a will, well, then you get a step up in basis. And of course, Texas is a community property state, which means that you get, um, unlike you know many states, you get a full step up. So if I had that Google stock and I had a wife, uh, and I had elements of control, whether uh, on that stock, whether it was in my individual name, uh, well, I say it's in my, it's, let's say it was bought with community property funds, it wouldn't be separate property. Uh, if I had um, uh, if I had community property funds uh, to buy the Google stock, uh, and I died, and it was two hundred thousand dollars when I died, my wife would not, and then she sold that stock the very next day for 200000 she would not have to pay any capital gains tax on that $150,000 increase. Got it. Similarly, on a revocable trust where I have control, or if I have an irrevocable trust with the proper language where there's elements of control. So it just depends on what you, you want, is how you design the trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, and then of course, then if the wife had it and kept it until her death, let's say it was two hundred fifty thousand, okay, kids get it at the two fifty, and so it's only the appreciation after that. Got it. I need to stop you because you're foaming at the mouth. You're so excited about this stuff, and that's the irony of all of this. In my opinion, listening to Michael for the last fifteen minutes, um, I think he's every judge's worst nightmare. I think he's an opposing attorney's worst nightmare. But he's your dream come true. He knows his stuff so well. And maybe this was one of his greatest moments ever <laughs> because it's so complicated. But he sees it all. He didn't read anything. Michael read nothing the last 15 minutes of this program. 20 minutes, actually. Um, he knows it. It's in his head. It's in his heart. And he should be your state planning attorney because he understands all of this and knows all of, not the tricks of the trade, but all the rules, all the regulations, all the laws to make certain that you've addressed every what-if possibility that you could come across no matter where you are financially, circumstantially in the state of Texas. To do that, we need you to attend Michael's next workshop, which is this month. It is August, and it is August the 20, excuse me, August 29th at 10 o'clock, which is a Tuesday. And Michael's free workshops, the Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, and they are in person, and they're located at uh, I-75 and 635, correct? On uh -huh. what, What's the exit? Forest exit? Uh, yeah, it's Forest exit. Yeah. Forest exit. And Michael's been doing these forever, and you'll go to these workshops, learn all about estate planning, ask a question or two about your circumstances, which is very tailored because you know what you want to ask, and you'll, again experience what I experience every week because I get a free workshop from Michael in person uh, and you get to go and attend these yourself and see what I'm talking about. Michael, tell them more about the workshop, please. We ask people what they want to know. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
quite frankly, nobody's really – some people ask about trust, but uh, a lot of people ask about trust. But we never know what questions they're going to ask. So we say, what do you want to know? And then we answer those questions over that two hours of that free estate planning essentials workshop. Um, sometimes we answer the questions immediately. Sometimes we do it during – we have a brief presentation. So it just it just depends on what the questions might be. But we answer all your questions so that we want to make sure that, that your time is well spent, that we give you the answers without any obligations. It's free. And actually, if you go to the Free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, you also uh, get a one-hour free vision meeting with me. So in other words, you get three free hours without any legal obligation. Um, as you could see, things could get kind of complicated. Yes. And so, but, you know, most people's estates are not that complicated, I might add. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about a little bit about different trust or wills or powers of attorney or whatever it is that people want to know about. It could be about Medicaid. It could be about veterans benefits. I know I've been asked to speak for the Dallas Bar on Medicaid and VA in, uh, in October. Oh, good. And so, so, it's, so I'm, just, I'm just giving education uh, to you know, the public, uh, we to attorneys as well. But anyway, it's, if you want to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com. Or call that 214-720-0102 number. Uh, if you do go to that free estate plan essentials workshop in that morning at 10 o'clock a.m. on August 29th, uh, you'll get donuts or some sort of pastry and coffee and cold drinks, uh, uh, the usual. Uh, but, of course, the real reason why most people, maybe most, go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is to get that free KWAM coffee mug. Who can ask for anything more? I know as we reach into the fall season, summer is almost over. They're thinking, it's going to get cold soon. What can I do? I need that coffee. And I'm going to need that coffee. And what will taste better than putting it in a KWM coffee mug? I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you went a little too far, but that's okay. Anyway, uh, all kidding aside, yes, you get a free mug. You get free coffee. But the invaluable part of the workshop is Michael's education. And you get to ask a question about your circumstances, which you'll find very helpful and advance your thinking, planning, et cetera, et cetera. To sign up for that workshop on Tuesday the 29th at 10 a.m., dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael, one minute left for final thoughts. Well, I think the bottom line is, just like anything, you have to determine what your goals are. Mm -hmm. And so when you do estate planning, what are the goals? Right. Who do you want to have income taxed? Mm -hmm. Who do you want to have a have a tax on the estate? Do you want to have a step up? Do we need to plan for long-term care? Is there anybody that we need to protect? So you could do all those different things. It's just a matter of figuring out what you want to protect and what your goals are. A lot of times you just haven't thought about those different things because most people think of the way things are right now. They don't think that a potential a beneficiary may be disabled at the time of their death. They don't think that somebody may be sued. They may not think that their son or daughter may have a marital problem. Things happen in life, and so it's just a matter of you just think of it like the cafeteria line. What is it that you want to protect if you went to Luby's? Do you want to have uh, some sort of uh, steak, or do you want uh, uh, a Luby platter, mm -hmm. a Luan platter? Right. So you get to choose. So it's just a matter of figuring out 
what it is that you want. Um, and whether it's on taxes or whether it's, you know, a lot of people don't have taxable states. It's just a matter of what you want to protect. You protect your loved ones uh, is what most people want to do. But um, you have to figure out which way you want to protect them. Excellent. Attend Michael's next workshop on Tuesday, August the 29th at 10 a.m. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.